<laughs> you can't do it now. You can't do the intro after I made fun of you. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Crash Course. This is, okay, so I'm sitting across from Madison. He was on our last episode, and he actually began by 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 doing an impression of me saying the thing A I say. A mockery of the things that you do. Every, every episode of Crash Course, I say essentially yeah, the same yeah. thing. Hey, in case you're your first time listening, blah, blah, blah. Sure. And now that you're sitting in front of me, I'm like super aware of right. how I always say it, and I'm trying to think of a new way. Well, this was like in and uh, now I can't in middle school and high school. You broke I, my brain. I've, I've uh, you were my youth pastor for so long that you would say the same stories, and so I would go over the same stories. Like I would tell them to you, like I was you, and then you're like, I can never tell that story anymore. I did feel that way. I know. I'm sorry. That's, That's just that, me being mean. It has to stink for you because like. There was a show called Boy Meets Girl back in the day. You're too young. To, you know, I'm sure you're aware of the show, but you probably didn't watch Boy it. Boy Meets World? What did I say? Boy Meets Girl? It's Boy Meets World. Yeah. Now there's a show called Girl Meets World. Girl Meets World. Yeah. And I just blended them in my brain. Um, so you broke my brain. I'm sorry. So there was a teacher named Mr. Feeney, mm-hmm. and he was like their teacher. I know. Did you Have you seen the show? Yeah. Hannah loves the show. Oh, Okay. I guess when you guys were really young, it was probably like one of those shows that was on yeah, all the time. all the time. Yeah. Not targeted at, yeah, whatever. Right. So Mr. Feeney is an elementary school teacher when the show mm-hmm. begins, and it follows this same boy all through his school yep. years, and then he ends up being like his college professor. Right. <laughs> and I remember being possible? like, what degree do you get that allows you... <laughs> to be an elementary school teacher <laughs> middle and school a college teacher, professor. College, high school teacher, because he was all the way, and yeah. oh yeah, now I'm your college... And, and I always felt bad, because for your, like, specifically your age group here at our church, I was like your Mr. Feeney. Yeah. That right... <laughs> when you graduated high school I went from being the pastor to the lead pastor and you're like can I have someone other than him (laughs) teach me and tell me things but no that's not your that's why the internet exists with lots of awesome resources oh you go to you go to I go to other teachers you've been been cheating on me (laughs) and this is all going to stay in the podcast we haven't even done the intro yet no, no, no intro needed this time around. So last time Madison was on, the last episode, we talked about reading the Bible. Madison recently, last few years, just developed a real passion for studying the, the Word, studying Scripture. Um, does a great job teaching our kids that here at his hands. Um, I want to talk for a minute, kind of, I mean, really just an extension of that conversation. Mm-hmm. How do you interpret the Bible correctly? That's the, the topic for, for this episode, because the Bible is, is powerful. You, even if you don't believe in the Bible, as far as it being authoritative, as far as it being from God, you can't deny its power because yeah. it has been used mm-hmm. to like shape history. Sure. And in some situations, it's been misused yes. to shape history. Yes. So th- its power mm-hmm. is, I mean, it is undeniable because it has been a powerful force over the course of, mm-hmm. of centuries. Um, and a lot of people will, will have this attitude, I think, now because they've seen so many different people use the Bible to basically make completely different yeah and and polarizing points Uh like but still using scripture that there's this idea of like well how do i know i'm I'm interpreting the bible correctly how do i know i'm I'm applying it um i think that becomes especially important when we butt into values in the in scripture that are completely different than the values of of our culture today and so is it like oh is that part of the bible no longer accurate is that so i just wanted to talk for a little bit about how we uh, accurately interpret scripture what, what, like, if some kid comes to you, you're, yeah. you're a youth pastor, so you got a high school kid, he's starting to read the Bible, he reads something, he's like, this does, I don't agree with this right, at all. Right. What would you, what would you say to him well, on that topic? Well, the first filter, I mean, there's three filters, but there's actually the fourth filter. The first one is reading it humbly. So, like, saying, like, I know I'm not God, and if God really has, like, inspired this, if God really has had his hand in revealing himself through this, then I'm going to surrender to maybe, like, 
wrestling with things, but saying like, God, I really want to know what you actually say about this. Okay. Because a lot of uh, teenagers, they'll say like, yeah, I follow Jesus, but not even know what Jesus actually did. Oh, well, a, a lot of people do. Right. So it's someone, I don't, I've seen no difference in... Sure. And and some right. of the things Jesus says and does are, are frankly shocking. And you're like, yep. wow, I don't understand. Some of them were intended to be shocking. Right. Like yeah. we're, we're talking about it tonight with the youth group, why Jesus says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's a very right. intense thing to say. Um, but you have to understand that you have to be humble when you're reading it and not say like, I dictate the rules and I'm going to put these rules on top of the Bible. Yeah. I'm glad you say that because, um, now, now obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're targeting this podcast to, to people who have decided they believe in Jesus or maybe you're, you're new in that. It starts with the relationship with Jesus. Right. But, but even if, even if you're someone who is sort of seeking and wrestling, and by the way, God gives us the green light to wrestle with him. And, and, and what that means is (laughs) quite literally in some cases. Yeah. In the Bible, there's actually a story of, yeah, of Jacob. But, um, but that means that we, we have the freedom with God to question him. We have the Mm -hmm. freedom with God to go, I don't get this. This doesn't make sense to me. But I, you, you, what you said, I think is so important because there are a lot of people who, and it is pride. Yeah, it is pride sure. that the second, the, oh. the second that they uh, that they read something in the Bible that doesn't agree with their own perspective, mm-hmm. the instant assumption is that the Bible is wrong. Yep. And I would say the humble thing is, even if you're just checking this out, even if you haven't maybe decided exactly where you stand with God and on certain issues and Scripture, or whatever, just just ask yourself this question: Could it be? Right. Could it be that maybe my perspective is off? Right. And even if you can just humbly go, yeah, it, it could be possible that what I, something that I strongly hold on to, right. I've been misled, mm-hmm. I've been mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible, like entire generations yeah. have been mistaken on yeah. some pretty big issues in history. Right. Uh, so w- when you read it and, and you say, okay, I'm probably going to encounter something that challenges me in the way I think, before I just reject this and go, well, I don't like this, right. maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to have my, my perspective challenged. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have that humble attitude, like yeah, you said, just being open to that, just being open to that, you're in, you're in a good spot. Yep. And then, so the second filter would be the context in which the piece was written. So like okay. who wrote it and who did they write it for? And what is the purpose of that in right. that historical context? Because there's a lot of situations where the people that are reading this are pretty barbaric people. And like Israel is supposed to be set apart from these pretty barbaric people. And so understanding that the the culture of the time dictates a world that oh. looks completely different from ours. Yeah. And it's asking for behaviors that are going to be completely different from that culture. Absolutely. I was, I was listening to a podcast, the one that you, you turned me on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about in, in Ephesians when Paul mentions slavery mm-hmm. and he mentions it kind of passively right. like oh by the way those of you who are slaves because in in roman culture slaves made up a massive percentage right. of the population right. and and it almost seems if you read it in a certain light it almost seems like paul doesn't isn't have a, doesn't have a problem slavery. with the slavery right right but the point that that you know the the, the person in the podcast made uh tim Mackey, um exploring my strange bible podcast i think i mentioned it the last mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm is that we're, we're reading that through the lens of our experience thousands of years later. What slavery looks like. Well, right. and, and through the lens of a, of a generation that has witnessed a previous generation that had the opportunity right. to change it. Mm-hmm. In, in, like, in Rome, if Paul had said, okay, guys, the slavery thing has to go, so Christians, I want you to go protest. Like, Christians wouldn't be around anymore. <laughs> no, like they would have just... There was no mechanism. There right. was no mechanism in Roman culture to defy mm-hmm. the emperor and the way of things. So Paul in, in his con in the context right. 
of what he was writing to, these were not people that have, it was an imperial right. <laughs> like sure. rule. There was no, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're going to change some things. Right. Like Paul was talking There's about. no such thing as civil protest. <laughs> right. So his context was not changing the, 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 the culture, the culture at large, as far as politically, his mm-hmm. context was, Hey, those of you in this culture, yeah. let's talk about how to live rightly and right. live well mm-hmm. and with love in the context of our situation. Yeah, and there's, I mean, talking about the slavery thing, just to finish that point, the, the book of Philemon is all about forgiveness and letting a slave go. And right. it's towards someone specifically that has a slave. So we also see Paul right. pretty like directly negate, like, hey, let him go. He's, he's a Christian, and you guys are supposed to be equals in this. And so yeah, yeah, that's pretty, absolutely. that's just really cool. And that's a slave who had stolen from him. Right, and run right. away. And run away, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, absolutely. So context, right? You need to understand the context. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, by the way, there's a lot of great tools out there to help you with that, finding a person who's really knowledgeable. Yep. Okay, so that's, so filter one is, is humility. Filter two is context. Context, and then the whole of Scripture. So, like, the entire book of the Bible, which is, is a lot to say because uh, you wouldn't pick up, like, I don't know, a Charles Dickens book and just open to the middle and start reading and expect to know what has happened before and what will happen at the end. But we've actually been given a lot of resources to, to know like, Oh, where does the book of Exodus fit into the story that the Bible is trying to tell you? Where does the book of Galatians fit into the story? Because those are vastly different times in history written for vastly different people. So understanding uh, where the book falls in the entire like story of us and God and Jesus and having that understanding. Well, I think that's really important too, because a lot of times what people will do is, is you, like you said, you'll, you'll open it up to a section, maybe it's the middle, maybe it's, you know, mm-hmm. a third in, whatever, mm-hmm. and you'll read something and it's something that maybe God is even doing. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, right. <laughs> I don't like that. You right. know, and, and we've kind of talked about that, but if you don't know why God is doing it, mm-hmm. it won't make any sense. I, like an example from my life is I grew up playing sports. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if, if you walked into my varsity high school basketball practice mm-hmm. on like day two, our coach, this was like conditioning time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our coach isn't even letting us use a basketball yet. Right. Right. Just running, running us till like we're puking. Yeah. Yeah. And you would look at that guy and he's go, cruel. he is cruel and harsh right. and this is horrible. But if you would have asked any of us, we would have been like, no, he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if that was your, if that was your entry point and mm-hmm. you didn't know why he was doing it and what was coming up next, right. that he needs us to be really well mm-hmm. conditioned. And, but if you would have come to a, a practice, you know, toward the end of the season, you would have been like, wow, these guys are just crazy fast and athletic. Right. And like, you wouldn't have even seen all that he had to do to get us right. to that point. The point being, sometimes we, we do that with God where we, we don't understand the whole of scripture. Mm-hmm. We take one thing from one spot and we make a snap judgment, but we don't understand what has happened before and mm-hmm. where it's going after. Right. And the, the idea that God is always doing something because he's moving things to yeah. a certain place. And For if you sure. don't get that, then it, you won't understand. You'll, you'll, you'll misjudge mm-hmm. God. You'll misjudge what's happening. Yeah. And uh, I guess that the third filter kind of folds right into understanding the like whole of scripture and where that falls in is the person of Jesus. So is that filter three or four yeah, now? Yeah, filter four, I guess. If yeah. humble is, I feel like humble is like, you just kind of live no, your I, life like actually no, let, let's let's do that i okay. like that i like that filter so humble yeah cool. so so humble humble the context, context the whole yep and now the person of jesus because everything 
in the Old Testament is leading up to and pointing toward Jesus. It's like forecasting Jesus. Tomorrow is a, <laughs> a cloudy right. day with a, a chance, chance of, of Jesus. Messiah. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, then, you're, well, Jesus himself said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think they'll bring you eternal life, right. but the scriptures point to me. <laughs> yeah. And when you actually see Jesus for who he is, you have, it's a strange thing. It's like, it's like watching a movie like The, the Sixth Sense when mm-hmm. you know what the, 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 the twist, twist ending is. is. Yeah. Like, once you know what the twist is. The clues is, are so obvious. You watch it again and yeah. it's like, oh, 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 but you never, you wouldn't have missed it. Right. Right. And then everything that happens in Jesus's life, it's like, that's the pinnacle. And then everything afterwards in the New Testament is extending from the life and acts of Jesus um, through his Holy Spirit and as a consequence of what Jesus did for us. So um, the person of Jesus, that's the fourth and final filter. Okay. So um, fourth filter, so filters, read it humbly. Right. Assume that maybe there's things that you believe they're off mm-hmm. and God maybe wants to challenge those. Right. Number two, uh, the context. Mm-hmm. Number three would be the whole of scripture. And just to kind of add on to that, I, I, a lot of times people like, especially people that are being critical of the Bible, mm-hmm. there's plenty of those people out there. Um, and fine. The Bible has held up for right. all these years because... If we believe it's true, it should stand up to criticism. Yeah, we say at his hands all the time that anything that is, is good should mm-hmm. stand up to scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And the Bible has been scrutinized unlike anything else, and it has stood up. But like people will take one thing from the New Testament, one thing from the Old Testament, and go, like, see, clearly contradiction. Doesn't match. But like I could tell you, okay, I live in the United States of America, mm-hmm. and uh, let, let's, let's say that... I, let's say that, that you know, today, today here in Georgia, it's pretty cold, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but somewhere else in the United States, like Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, maybe it's a really warm day. Yeah. And so someone could go, Not well, same country. Yeah. That country <laughs> like a total contradiction. You say you live in the U S and it's cold. You say you live in the U S and it's warm. It's right. like, well, yeah, we live in different places. Right. There's a lot of space in between Los Angeles mm-hmm. and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of space between Exodus and, and like, you know, Paul's letter to the, the early churches. Right. So if you don't know all the in between, mm-hmm. It, it doesn't it doesn't line up. So yeah. So there. And then the fourth filter being the person of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is the exact representation of God. That's a verse we use a lot here at His hands. Mm-hmm. It just basically says that Jesus gives us a clear picture of God. Mm-hmm. And when you look at any scripture through those filters, you can interpret it, in our opinion, really accurately. Yeah. And and I'll give you one like one way that we we do that kind of practically. An example. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and this is kind of a controversial example. It, well, it shouldn't be, but it, it has been throughout history, sure. is, is the role of women in church, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so we have a woman on our teaching team, yep. Elin. Um, she speaks, she's speaking this Sunday, yep. actually. And, you know, 50 years ago, that probably Traditional church culture would say that no. is irresponsible at best, and it's like downright blasphemous, blasphemous right. at worst. And they'd say that because they'd reference scripture. Right. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that, mm-hmm. that women should be silent. Mm-hmm. in the church. Okay. So we have a woman on our teaching team. Megan, my wife is a pastor mm-hmm. and she, um, teaches often on, right. on, you know, events and other things like that. Well, okay. It seems like we're doing something that's contradictory to scripture. Right. And I've had people ask about that, by the way, I've had people that have emailed me and said, you know, mm-hmm. they're mad about it, whatever. But then you have other people who are like, I think women should, should teach in, in church, you know, but it's more because that lines up with today's cultural Culture. values. Yeah. It's a response to, and it's popular culture. in culture. Yeah. And, and, and Hey, cool, but that's, there are a lot of things our culture values mm-hmm. that don't line up with scripture. And right. I'm not just going to be a, 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 I don't, it wouldn't be good to be a follower of Jesus. Who's just licking your finger and seeing which way the wind is blowing. <laughs> right. And that's how you're, yeah. So how do we justify that? Mm-hmm. And it really is the filters you've talked about, especially the, the last three. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the, the context, okay. The context of, of Paul's writing was he's writing to the church in Corinth. Mm-hmm. 
Corinth was an extremely interesting place. Um, the main worship in Corinth up to that point had been worshiping at the Temple of Aphrodite. That's where the Temple of mm-hmm. Aphrodite was. Um, women ran the Temple of Aphrodite, and the women who ran the Temple of Aphrodite were temple prostitutes. And the way you would worship at the Temple of Aphrodite is you would go and you would pay money, and then you would sleep with these temple prostitutes, and they, they kind of ran the show. And so now you have this context where you're Paul. These people are all becoming Christians, yep. right? They're professing a faith in Jesus. Some of the temple prostitutes, mm-hmm. and, and which, who would have been called priestesses, right. by the way, not prostitutes, these temple priestesses, they are also converting. Mm-hmm. They're now in the church. They're used yep. to being the ones running the so show. So it's a weird mix of cultures They've that's slept clashing. with a bunch of these guys. Yeah. And it's like, there's that, there's the fact that in that world, and it's, it's sad, but true, mm-hmm. but in that world, women were not educated, mm-hmm. right? Um, and education is valuable because the more you know, hopefully the less susceptible you are to being kind of misled by, right. out of ignorance. So there's all these cultural things going on. And in that context, it made sense for Paul to say what he said. Mm-hmm. Okay. But let's look at the whole of scripture, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the context. <laughs> well, Number one, Paul said in Ephesians, now because of Jesus, there's neither slave nor free. Mm -hmm. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither male nor female. In other words, he's saying there's no longer a division of importance. So we're equal. Mm -hmm. In the whole of scripture, we have situations where women were in complete leadership roles. God used, it was Esther that God put in place to save his people. I mean, literally, (laughs) this woman was was placed by God in a very difficult situation, um, or God rescued her from that situation, yeah. however you want to you know, look at it. Have them judges but of Israel. Have yeah, them, Deborah yeah. was a judge of Israel, and that mm-hmm. was before Israel had a king, so the judge was the person in charge of right. the nation. That's old, Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So in the whole of Scripture, we have women mm-hmm. who are in leadership roles, okay? And, and, and honestly, in a time when that wouldn't have, <laughs> well, like, it wouldn't have made sense wouldn't have made culturally sense. Any other all. culture yeah. would have been like, no. So God was way ahead of that one on, the, mm-hmm. on that. And then you look at the person of Jesus, and I think this is where it becomes the most clear. So on the specific subject of like, should women be able to preach in church? All right. If you boil down preaching in church mm-hmm. to its core, mm-hmm. it means you are giving the gospel, yep. which is the message of Jesus. Yeah. If you boil the gospel down to its core, that is the proclamation that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, that yeah. he is the Messiah. The very first person that Jesus asked to give that message was a woman. Yep. So the, the women visited the tomb, and you might say, oh, well, that's, that was an accident. It was, no, okay, I, don't, I think Jesus was pretty picky with, yeah. with how he did things. And even still, the men were afraid to leave mm-hmm. their locked room. Mm-hmm. The women were like, we don't care. We're going to go, Jesus you know, just shows see. up in there and right. freaks him out. So Jesus shows up. He's risen from the dead, and he tells Mary, this, this woman who followed him, he said, go back and tell my disciples mm-hmm. what you have seen, that I have risen from the dead. So the very first eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus was a woman. Mm-hmm. And the very first person to ever be entrusted with the news that he was risen right. was a woman. If you're playing a game of telephone, yeah. the first person's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if they mess it up, right. there's no chance. Right. If Jesus Christ, the founder of our faith, could entrust a woman to deliver the most important message in the history of, of our faith, yeah. the very first person to deliver that news, I think it's okay, yeah. right? And so, but, but here, that's not just us saying something willy-nilly like... Just because we want it. Because we want it because it, it fits with culture. Yeah, it's palatable. Because otherwise, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or I don't want to be right. I don't want to seem, I don't seem yeah. like we're old time, like right. we're not with the times. It's, it's looking at the Bible with the right filters mm-hmm. in mind. And, and in those filters, mm-hmm. we're totally comfortable with women speaking in church. Right. If, if it's the right person and they know their stuff and they're mm-hmm. gifted. And we, and we have a ton of that. In yeah. fact, there's more female pastors. There's more females sure. in pastoral roles right. that we have, or at least as many as the men. <laughs> right. So that is, but that's us interpreting scripture. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that when you run into something difficult and hard, and, and especially stuff that doesn't line up with our cultural sure. values, ask yourself, okay, I'm, I'm going to go through those filters. I'm going to be humble. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to look at this. And it takes a little con- bit of work. It like, does. That's and what's it, hard some, about it. And, dis- and discussion. <laughs> yeah. This isn't something you just like snap. Your, I mean, it's not like a, a an app that you just put an issue in and <laughs> right. it's like. And everyone the- agrees. Yeah. And these are filters, by the way, that we've sort of developed over time. Mm-hmm. We feel really confident about them. Maybe you've got different filters, but these for us seem to really hold up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of other issues. There's a lot of controversial issues that we as a church, like we don't agree with culture on. Right. And it's because it doesn't, fi- it doesn't make it through those filters. Yeah. And so we go, okay, well, this is where we stand on this. And it may mm-hmm. not be a popular belief, but mm-hmm. these are the filters that we go by. And yeah. we think that this is what, what scripture points to. So. And that's all about that humble of like, are you willing to sacrifice your own comfort for the sake of truth? Right. Are you willing to sacrifice your own ideas for the sake of God's ideas? And right. so I think that's what it, most of it boils down to that. And then understanding the history, Jesus, and the, the whole scripture is good. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Crash Course. Thank you guys for listening. I think this was like a super helpful thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, think through those filters and, and you know, if there's other filters that you've learned or, or someone's given you, then, then that's fine. I, I, I just think that it's got to go with context. It's got to go with the whole of scripture. It's mm-hmm. got to fit the person of Jesus because right. he is the, he is like the, the, the hinge that everything swings yeah. on. And if you have that humble spirit, that humble attitude, um, then you're teachable. Yep. So cool. Thanks Madison for being here. Thank you guys for you listening. We will see you soon.